Welcome to All Me Podcast. Hello, and again, welcome back to another episode of All Me. I'm pretty excited for this episode. Um, if you follow me on Instagram at all-me, two E's in the me, um, then you know that this episode is going to be about the wonderful Quentin Tarantino movie, Death Note. But before we get into that, I wanted to um, go ahead and let you guys know how I'm doing. Um, I currently just finished all of my safe schools trainings. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know what safe schools is, they're just like basic trainings, um, kind of like when you have to do CPR training uh, when you get a new job, but they're for like what to do if there is a bloodborne pathogen loose or what to do if you um, find out that there's child abuse going on, different types of child abuse, like just different trainings like that. But I just finished that. I'm very happy. Um, I'm currently getting my classroom together. Uh, I'm going to be an avid teacher this year uh, and possibly the following years. Avid and Avid Excel, uh, which the difference is Avid focuses on college and career readiness. And then uh, Avid Excel focuses on language skills. So um, knowing how to communicate uh, with people from different backgrounds without being rude or asking ignorant questions or maybe phrasing them so that they don't sound ignorant, but they sound like, you know, you're genuinely curious about certain things, um, how to make inferences, how to um, solve problems, problem solving skills, all kinds of stuff like that. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm in a portable now, which I'm excited for the placement of the portable. Um, one of the other avid teachers that's across from me in the portable, it's like, yep, sometimes we just come outside and we have class out here. And I'm like, yes, I love that idea. Um, trying to figure out how I want to decorate my room. I've been getting more into anime since last year. And I just got back from a convention. If you listened to my last podcast episode, with Automatic, um, which we met at the convention. I bought a good amount of uh, posters and some of them are here at home and I wanna put some in my classroom. So just thinking about like the theme of my classroom, how I wanna decorate it uh, without going broke. (laughs) So that's going on. Mm. Lately in personal life, I've been, um, I don't know, feeling down um and just kind of had to take a step back and realize what I what I've been able to accomplish with God this past two months um as you all know like I had been applying for jobs and trying to figure out where I was going to go and you know ended up in the same spot but just a different home and I love my home um it's literally everything that I wrote down in my journal for what I would want for a home um, without, um, what's the word, compromising anything. And I don't know, I, I, I was trying to kind of 
like figure out my thoughts and was just realizing for myself, I make a lot of lists to check things off that I need to do. Um, and I realized that because of how quickly everything was moving these past two months and school is getting ready to start, I had so many things on my list, you know, get a job, get an apartment, make sure all my bills and stuff are set up, get school things situated. And so I didn't really give myself a chance to really sit in the fact that I have a home, a beautiful home, a home that I love, a home that I can fully decorate, a home that I was able to furnish, you know, with help, with God, with this job, like, I'm so blessed, and God really, he came through, he really came through, and I'll just take this time to say thank you, Lord, you truly blessed me, and I'm so very thankful, and thank you for allowing me to realize that I need to kind of slow down, and find joy, find peace, find thankfulness um, in you know, the right now accomplishments, because they're big accomplishments for me anyway. So yeah, Um, because we're going to be talking about this movie the entire time, I want to go ahead and get my uh, For the Love of Book and Film segment out of the way. Uh, I recently started watching Naruto. And if you know me, you're probably going to be like, aren't you watching a lot of other anime that you have not finished. Yes, and mind your business, okay? I'm minding my business. I would expect that you would mind yours. Thank you, don't come for me. Uh, But yeah, I just finished episode one and it's really cool so far. We'll see uh, how it goes. I actually have no idea how many episodes are in a season and how many seasons there are. So it might just be an ongoing one that I watch like Inuyasha or Cowboy Bebop. But um, yeah, that's a new show that I started watching. And it's on Hulu. I don't know how many seasons are on Hulu, but it's on Hulu right now. All right, so for the main, the main part of giving you all the appetizers for the main part of this podcast episode. All right, so if you know Quentin Tarantino movies, you know that they are gory, very action-packed, um, amazing actors and actresses, and he always has a cameo in his movies. Um, this movie, Death Proof, came out in 2007, and it it came out about three years after Kill Bill Volume 2. So if you know Quentin Tarantino, you like Quentin Tarantino, you may know a lot about his movies, or you may have watched all of his movies, um, Yeah, Death Proof came out after the second volume of Kill Bill. Um, My mom introduced me to this movie. I want to say I was possibly in college or I want to say the end of high school, but more likely college when she showed me this movie and... um, I feel like it's just a women, women are badasses type of movie. Like I had up until like the point of watching this movie, I had never 
watched a movie like this where it just highlights women's strength. It highlights women's uh, femininity as well as their strength um, all together. And I don't think it shows one as a weakness or one uh, like as a strength or like it doesn't really pit them against each other. It kind of just shows different types of women and how they exist in this crazy world. But all right, so Death Proof 2007, it's an action horror. It's horror because of how gory it is. Um, so just be aware of that if you do decide to check it out. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, so brief synopsis. Um, there's this guy named Stuntman Mike, played by Kurt Russell. If uh, you know anything about Kurt, the first thing I always think of when I think of Kurt Russell is Goldie Hawn. Um, but he has been in a lot of movies. He was in The Hateful Eight, which is also a Quentin Tarantino movie. The Thing, Overboard, which I have seen and is really funny. Uh, Tombstone, which I've seen and love. Uh, another movie my mom introduced me to. Um, Big Trouble in Little China. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, the Christmas Chronicles. He's he's just been in a lot of a lot of stuff. He was in Fast. He was in Furious. So interesting. He was in Sky High. He plays the dad. Um, oh, what's the character's name? He plays Steve Stronghold in Sky High. So yeah, so we have Kurt Russell. He's playing stuntman Mike. Um, stuntman Mike is a movie stuntman. He does all the cars. He does mainly car stuff. Um, I think he's retired. They don't really say whether he's retired or not. He just goes around telling people the movies that he's been in, but they're always movies that nobody knows anything about. Um, and you find out that he also enjoys finding specific groups of women and killing them with his car. And um, at the beginning of the movie, he mentions how his car is death proof because he's a stuntman. The driver's seat of his car is um, like rigged up to where if it crashes, he doesn't get injured, he doesn't die. Uh, but it's only his part, like the driver's seat part of the car that is death proof. The rest of his car is not. Um, and so, yeah, he goes out and he finds random women, kind of follows them, and then at whatever point in his psycho craziness, he, um, like, crashes into them and kills them in some way with his car. So that's the overall view of the movie. Uh, so in the movie, the first part of the movie, you have three women... You have Vanessa Ferlito, who plays Arlene or Butterfly. Now, I have seen her, Vanessa, in many movies. I think one specifically, I remember her being in a Tyler Perry movie. And I think it was uh, Medea Goes to Jail. Let me see. No, oh, she was in NCIS. Yep, Tyler Perry's Medea Goes to Jail. 
she's um, in jail. She was Candy's friend in that movie. Um, she was in CSI New York, Shadow Boxer. I mainly know her from the Tyler Perry movies. I'm not even going to hold you. Not even going to hold you. Uh, but her character's name is Butterfly. They don't really say what she does, uh, but she's part of the first girl group. Then you have uh, Sydney Tamia Portier. Or Portier. I probably pronounced that wrong. Yeah, she is Sydney Portier's daughter, I believe. That makes more sense. I feel very embarrassed that I pronounced that incorrectly the first time. Um, but yeah, so Sydney Portier, she plays Jungle Julia, who is a local DJ and owns a record label. Um, and in the movie, she has she's newly been able to get her um, face on billboards, uh, Jungle Julia, and then it's a gorgeous picture of herself and. Um, when her and her two friends are like driving around the street, every time they see it, they scream and ho uh, holler. Also mention the beginning part of the movie, the setting is Austin, Texas, which is pretty cool. So yes, yeah, so we have Jungle Julia. Um, she, I haven't seen her in anything else. Hmm. Werewolf Women. Free of Eden, Knight Rider, Carter. Yeah, I've never seen those before. But yeah, Sydney Tamia Poirier. And then we have Jordan Ladd, who plays Shanna, who is a very cute, small, not ditzy, uh, but she's the third member of the friend group. And her dad owns a cabin on I forget where exactly but they're like planning a night out they're gonna go eat and they're gonna go drink and then they're gonna head out to the cabin and they're gonna stay the weekend there and it's no boys Jordan Ladd has been was in cabin fever hmm seems like she's been in a lot of oh she, she was a never been kissed interesting so she's been in a lot of horror suspense type movies. So first group of girls, I think the main, the main uh, thing about them is uh, Jungle Julia being a local DJ on her radio show. She makes an announcement that um, her and her girls are gonna be going out that night and she has a friend named Butterfly. Remember, Butterfly is Arlene Vanessa Ferlito. Um, and that if a guy happens to come up, say, ask her if her name is Butterfly, buy her a drink, and then recite this poem, then she will give them a lap dance. And so the entire night there, or Butterfly is like anticipating, and her expectation is that there will be a lot of guys coming up to her and asking her, but there aren't. And then uh, at their bar destination that coincidentally, the bartender is Quentin Tarantino. He always makes a cameo in his movies. Um, she gets uh, a guy that comes up, calls her butterfly, buys her a drink, says the poem. 
and then asks, has she given a lap dance yet? And it just so happens to be stuntman Mike, who was pretty much stalking them the entire day and sitting at the bar. Now, while he's sitting at the bar, there's another woman there, and that is um, Rose McGowan. I think that's how you say her last name. And she is, um, she plays Pam, who is a random girl that just so happened to have gone to school with Jungle Julia for her entire life and hates Jungle Julia. Um, but for whatever, I guess one of her friends like ditched her and she doesn't have a ride home. And so she at one point asks Stuntman Mike for a ride home. And he says yes. So um, I'm trying to find, there she is, Rose McGowan. So Rose McGowan uh, is from Charmed, which I remember her specifically from Charmed. She was in Scream. Mm. That's about all I know her for. She was in Scream 2 as well, but I, I mainly know her from Charmed. Uh, so, yeah, so then that happens. That's the first group of girls. Uh, Stuntman Mike gets his lap dance. He goes to leave. He, like, has full interactions with this group of women and with Pam. Uh, he gets ready to leave. Pam gets in the car. When she gets in the car, she realizes that the passenger seat is literally, like, a stool and stuntman Mike is like, yeah, that's usually where the cameraman sits. And like he doesn't need much room, but my side needs to be death proof, which in hindsight, now that I think about it, makes no sense because the cameraman side of the car, the passenger seat should also be safe because you don't want the cameraman to die if the car crashes really badly. So, but anyway, she gets in and she's like, what the heck is going on? And he ends up killing the three women, uh, Arlene, or Butterfly, Jungle Julia, Shanna, and Pam, who was in the passenger seat with him. And he survives. Now, he's in the hospital in Texas. And there's a moment where the sheriff comes in. And he literally, like, gets the entire, he, he pretty much does, like, a profile a perfect profile of stuntman Mike, like knows exactly what he was doing in the car. It was like he he probably seeks out women and purposely kills them because it gets him off or whatever, whatever. Like perfectly IDs him, and then is like, but I'm not gonna do that because I don't want to have to go through all that paperwork. So we're just gonna make sure he leaves Texas and never comes back. So he's somebody else's problem. And I'm like, bro, what the heck? So Stuntman Mike leaves. He, the next portion of the movie, I believe they're in Tennessee, and then enters um, Zoe Bell, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Rosario Dawson, and uh, Tracy Toms. So Zoe Bell... Um, if you don't know her, she is a New Zealand stunt woman, 
and she pretty much plays herself. So this second group of girls, it's four of them, really three that are involved in the action portion of the movie, but there's four women and they are all involved in acting or, or like, or like they work on the set of movies and things. So they're all in showbiz. So Zoe Bell plays herself again, New Zealand stunt woman. Um, she's in a couple of other uh, Quentin Tarantino movies like Hateful Eight. Uh, I, I guess she, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't remember it because literally that movie I feel like was the worst Quentin Tarantino movie in existence. And so I've erased all memory of that movie. Um, she she was in Oblivion. She was in Kill Bill Volume 1, Whip It. Mm. She was in Volume 2 of Kill Bill, Hansel and Gretel. So she's been in a lot of stuff. Then we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Lee. And if you like look up a picture of her, you'll instantly recognize her from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. She plays um, the ex-girlfriend of Scott Pilgrim, who is now like a famous singer and who I did not know but apparently is married or is with Ewan McGregor, which is very strange to me. But, you know, do what you got to do. She was also in Gemini Man. Apparently she's in Birds of Prey. She's also in Sky High with Kurt Russell. Ten Cloverfield Lane. I forgot about that movie. That one's good. That one's good. That one's good. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. So she's playing a young actress. Uh, then we have Rosario Dawson whose uh, name in the movie is Abernathy, which I think is a, such a beautiful name. Uh, she is not an actor. She's like a crew member, but I think she's like dating the director or something in the movie. Um, Rosario Dawson has been in a lot of movies. Uh, Seven Pounds, Alexander, The Rundown, Sin City, Unstoppable, Men in Black 2, Zookeeper, Rent, uh, Percy Jackson, Eagle Eye, uh, just a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff. Then we have uh, Tracy Toms, who plays Kim, who is my favorite character of this movie. She is such a black woman in this movie, and not even like a okay, so you're going to play black woman number two. And so what I need you to do is like really black it up, black woman, but just like authentically, like in a situation like this, I'd say that shit too, like that kind of black woman in a movie. And I think when I first saw this movie, I had never seen a character like that before um, or just seen a black woman be able to act that way in a movie before that's directed by a white man. Um, and so she's one of the very main reasons, uh, I love this movie so much. Her, her acting, her character, and then how she interacts with the other women. Cause Zoe Bell is white. Um, 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead, or she's New Zealand, whatever, but in uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is white. Rosario Dawson, I don't even really know what her nationality is. She could be Hispanic in some way. She might be Latinx. She might be a Latinx. Um, and then there's Tracy Toms, and she's just such a beautifulness. All right, so now we have these four women who uh, are on a, I guess, little hiatus, a little break from the movie that they're currently doing. Uh, by the way, Tracy Toms is also a stunt woman, uh, Kim in the movie. So they're all on a break from the movies that they're doing. Uh, Zoe Bell, the New Zealand stunt woman, is coming in to visit from New Zealand. Uh, and the girls are going to kind of hang out. And at one point, Kim, Tracy Toms, asks Zoe Bell, what do you want to do? What are your plans uh, now that you're here in America to visit? What, what's your dream? And they uh, start talking about Flashpoint, I think is the name of the movie. I could be wrong. I'm so sorry if I'm wrong. Um but she's like, there's a car in the movie. Is it, is it Flashpoint? Please let it be Flashpoint. Or is it Point Break? Oh, help me. No, it's because Point Break is that surfing movie. This is what happens when you self-appoint yourself a movie buff. Point Break. Yeah, yeah, I was right, I was right. Point Break is a surfing movie with Keanu Reeves. Uh, so yeah, Flashpoint is the movie and is it though i don't think it is anyway they love action movies and they love muscle cars so there is this uh specific car that she found that um some random guy owns and she doesn't want to buy the car she just wants to drive it and be like the guy in that movie so uh they all set off to do that they get there and she's like, okay, we got to convince the guy to let me drive the car. Uh, Abernathy, Rosario Dawson's character, convinces the guy to um, let them test drive the car. And I find it hilarious. The guy that owns the car is um, the guy from uh, Waterboy who has that like really raspy voice and has like I think in the movie he has a lazy eye but I don't even know if he has that in real life but anyway they convince him they go out uh Zoe's like Zoe and uh Tracy Toms or Kim they go way back this is a really long like synopsis and you're probably like bitch get to the point of why you love this movie but just let me just let me live just let me enjoy myself I like talking about movies so shut up um uh what was I saying okay so Kim and Zoe are talking they know each other the longest because they're both stunt women Zoe is like I want to do ship's mass and Kim is like bitch the last time we did that what did you say to me and she's like I know what I said and she was like no no, you said that we would never do this ever again. 
ever again and that if you did say it that I would get to whoop your ass and she's like I know I know I know but but I'm not going to get a chance to do this in this car so please that was in New Zealand when I made that declaration we're in America now please let's do it so they decide to do it you find out ship's mass is when they take two belts uh fasten them to the like window frame of the two front doors you have one person get on the hood of the car and are like facing outward away from the car holding on to the belts while the car is being driven at ridiculous speeds by Kim so that ships mass they they get there uh, Abernathy is like I want to be uh with the fun girls I want to go and so she's in the back like this is so crazy they're having fun and then of course enters uh stuntman Mike who had been watching them uh, since before they had picked up Zoe from the airport, which I will say too, there's some really cool moments where um, you recognize pieces from other movies, like on the back of Kim's car, she drives a, I'm not even going to try to say what the car is because I'll be wrong, but she drives a muscle car and on the back has the um, the same name of the truck from kill bill whenever she wakes up from her coma and she kills the nurse the male nurse that had been quote-unquote taking care of her and she takes his keys he has a specific keychain she gets out to the the parking garage and she's easily able to identify the car because it has the same little bumper sticker name as the keychain and she has that same bumper sticker on the back of her car. And the car is the same color as the truck. So that was really cool. And then uh, there's another part where um, Abernathy, Rosario Dawson's character, her phone rings and it's the whistle song by Twisted Nerve. The uh, Let me see if I can whistle it. I can't do that next part, but it's that song. And so it was like, if you, if you watch Kill Bill, then these are like very unique parts that, you know, you would notice. And because they're such isolated parts of the Kill Bill movie, um, which I really like about Quentin Tarantino style, there are certain parts that would seem minute, but he makes them like very important by kind of singling them out from everything else that's going on in the movie. But yeah, so in comes Kurt Russell's character, Stuntman Mike. But the difference is this group of women, two of them are literally stunt women and are not afraid of death. Earlier in the movie, um, Zoe's telling them stories about times where she just like fell into ditches like six feet deep ditches and survived and all kinds of stuff so these women are badasses and they literally do stunts they fight for a living so he quickly finds out that he effed up uh, and they in turn end up chasing him throughout the rest of the movie 
So yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's the movie in a whole. I feel like the, the wonderful parts of this movie, the best parts of the movie are um, the interactions between the characters. Uh, each character has their own has their own personality but in a way that sometimes annoys you I feel like um there's sometimes where characters like one character their 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 role for that moment is to be like uh defiant or just go against the group and then at one point like somebody says something and they're like oh well okay okay I guess I can do that and I feel like you don't have that in this movie there's um like the it's like they're they're not characters they're playing themselves and they're like no fuck that I don't want to do that and like the attitudes are just I love the attitudes from the women in this movie beautiful beautiful attitudes if that makes sense especially like in the first uh, group of three women as well as in the the second uh three group of women um I would have to say, no, I was going to say like, I like the second group of women more, but you know, that's biased just because of their, they are able to fight back in a way that the first three women were not able to. Um, but I do really like the first three women. They had um, a nice honesty about themselves. There's one point where Butterfly, someone might comes up to Butterfly and he's like, you know, you're looking kind of down. And he was asking her, like, how do I scare you? Because he has scars all over his face. And she was like, yeah. And he's like, is it because of the scars? And she was like, no, it's your car. And she was like, I've seen your car before. And he was like, well, you know, he comes up with an excuse. Austin is just, you know, super small, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but her she looks very childlike like very um like you know that scared where it's like you you don't really know what to do and then he starts talking about how she's upset because nobody's asked her or she was expecting to have been pestered all night because of the you know whole butterfly and the poem thing and she wasn't and it's kind of like egging her on like you know, I'm asking you for this dance and you're lying to me telling me that you've already done it, but I you, I know that you're just doing it because you're a chicken shit and just all this stuff. And so it's like, and her character specifically has, I feel like carries a lot of confidence throughout the movie. And then in that moment, she's very vulnerable, very not confident. And then with that conversation in that moment with Snowman Mike afterwards, she has another bout of uh, confidence and gives him the lap dance which I find very very ironic because it's like in that moment he's exposing your vulnerability um, while there's a whole bunch of red flags going on like because he said certain things that he shouldn't know about and um, like gaining their trust gaining Butterfly's trust anyway only to turn around and be their demise or be the one to kill them. 
And so that's really crazy. I also think like Kurt Russell is very handsome, even in his old age. So I'm like, girl, why didn't you want to give him a lap dance? Like for real though. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, in the second group of girls, I love the banter between them. Uh, I feel like with the first group of girls, the things that they would say were very poetic. And I think it's just because of Jungle Julia being a DJ and owning a record label. It was like the things that she would say and how she would say them were very uh, melodic. I'm using big words on here. And I thought that was really cool place to her character. And then the second group of girls, um, I think the same with the attitudes, very harsh, uh, not afraid to be honest with one another. And I think it really plays to uh, like who they are just as actors. Uh, it, it seemed to anyway, like they, it seemed like their characters were very natural to them. And uh, there was no like intimidation from each other. It was strong women surrounded by strong women. And uh, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to say it. So it's kind of like, I think I talked about in the last episode about going into a new space and feeling like there's no room for you, but sorry, I heard something really weird. I need to close my blinds. Um, And realizing that you don't need to like try to find your space amongst other people, you know, just bring in whatever you have with you in space will just automatically be made you know what I mean I I hope that makes sense um and so like with these characters they occupied each character occupied big big space but they all worked together and one wasn't trying to demean the other space they were just like okay you're here and I'm here too and that's why we love each other kind of thing I, I think that's one another thing that I love about this movie too like again even though the first three girls die their presence is still very much known like most of the time in the bar they were the ones being looked at just because they weren't afraid to occupy the space that they were in and I really really admire that about this movie and these women um I'm trying to think if I have anything else. So I know that uh, I've talked about women in movies before and how um, they've helped me feel confidence within myself. I, like, you know, w- when you see women um, occupying a certain type of space that look like you, that have the same body type as you, um, like uh, occupying a space that you want to occupy, but you feel like, oh, I'm not. I don't have the right body type or whatever that's really motivating and I see that in these women these women are beautiful they have banging bodies like and I love the they show the strength of Tracy and Zoe um and even Rosie (laughs) Nazaria Dawson as well they show her strength too but really Zoe and Tracy like they're stunt women so they're gonna be built like they're gonna be strong and I love that they highlighted that in a sexy way. Like the, it wasn't like, oh, these are the broods of the group and they don't know how to dress. They don't know how to be pretty. 
it was like exact opposite like we're sexy as hell but we can also kick your ass like both are very much true try me and I love that about this movie um I I honestly think that this was the first movie that I had seen like that where it's women occupying the main space of the film and like really dominating it and being beautiful and strong in it and being fully themselves in it and not shying down, not backing down in any way. Um, of course, since then, like I, I've found other movies like Prometheus, like I'm sorry, but the scene in Prometheus where uh, Naomi Rapace has to, she literally gives herself a C-section, fully conscious, okay, fully conscious, injecting herself in with whatever things to get through literally watching conscious programming the freaking machine giving me giving herself a c-section removing the alien clipping the umbilical cord stapling herself back up and then getting out of the out of the machine to run around the ship and still continue to fight like what what i like i feel like you don't you don't be seeing strength like that and Naomi Rapace is built. I feel like there's a lot of movies that show women in action that are fighting, but they like, and I I, I don't want to say they don't look like they they really be fighting and it's just like cinematography, but because everybody's bodies are built different, but I resonate more with Naomi Rapace's character because I am built similar to her. Like, no, she's not as tall as me. I think she's a lot, a lot shorter but, you know, seeing a character like that who has a flat chest, like um, Mila Djokovic or Jovovich, I always say her last name incorrectly, that can play a strong character, whoop ass, do a whole lot of shit, and still be considered sexy. Like, I love that in a movie. And these women, and in Death Proof, for sure, like, embodied that completely. Um again this is i i really love this movie i can do action thriller gore um not everybody can but just know like quentin tarantino's movie or movies are gory um from this movie in particular oh i've seen worse like django is like as far as the amount of blood and stuff 10 times more. Um, the same for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though it was like literally the last freaking five minutes of the movie where there was gore or just any freaking action at all. Um, but yeah, I, I would suggest watching it. I, I, I love the movie. I genuinely do. Um, just one of many that my mom introduced me to and I feel like has, has really shaped me and and I I rewatched it uh yesterday day before yesterday and I was able to have a new appreciation for it for sure like when I was younger I loved it for you know seeing the women seeing the the second group of women fighting back but this time around watching it I love it for the women's personalities, like in the, again, the space they occupied. And you're probably gonna hear me say that a lot because I think that's something that I'm working on right now. 
occupying my own space and not trying to make my space smaller to make room for somebody else or make myself smaller so that I can fit into somebody else's space. I'm working on occupying my space and filling it like from edge to edge, from corner to corner, from seam to seam, like filling my space fully. I'm working on that. So yeah, Death Proof, directed by Quentin Tarantino, action horror made in 2007. I don't know, man. This was this one was a good one. Very much a good one. I think I'll go ahead and wrap it up there. If you stayed and listened to this point, I thank you very much. Maybe you enjoyed what I said, or maybe you're just a family member who has it playing in the background that doesn't really care what I'm saying, but it just wanted to support me. <laughs> thank you too. If you did enjoy it, um, I think you can leave comments. The podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor app. Um, I think that's it. My website is all-me2ease.com where I have my blog as well as um, the links to the podcast. That's all-me.com. My Instagram, I believe, is an underscore instead of a dash. I could be wrong. Go and follow me there. I'd really appreciate it. Yep, all underscore M-E-E. And yeah, you guys have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next time. Not really see you, but you'll hear me next time on All Me Podcast. Bye.